Hello, besties! Welcome to Martinez with Eddie, your ultimate destination for everything Bravo. Join me as we spill the tea, dissect the drama, and uncork the juiciest gossip from your favorite reality TV shows. This week has been a crazy week. Let's start with um, non-stop rain in New York City. Like, I'm so tired with this goddamn rain. Like, I know fall is not supposed to be sunny all the time, but this is getting a little bit ridiculous. Um, which also helped me to just be home and watch Bravo shows, because what else to do when there is a freaking tsunami outside? I honestly have been so busy with my life in general, you know, not just with like uh, Bravo stuff, but with my, you know, my actual life. So it's it's good to have those days when I just like lay down and watch Bravo. Like being busy with my life again in this city has made me um, appreciate Bravo once again, because uh, before I was upstate New York, uh, really upstate and I will watch the shows all the time because there was nothing to do in that area, right? But I'm a city guy, so moving back to the city, uh, for those who keep saying, you don't live in the city, and I lived in the city for 12 years, right? Uh, and I live now in Jersey City, which is technically like another borough. It's like Brooklyn or Queens, technically. Even closer to Manhattan than Brooklyn and Queens, so, um, but yeah, I'm back on my city life, on my uh, old STEM grounds, and I'm happy, you know, and talking about happy, and being on their, on their, like, stomping ground is Ariana from uh, Dance, and with, from uh, Pump Rules, right, she's been doing Dancing with the Stars, and it just premiered the other day, and I was watching her performance, and you guys, I think she has what it takes to take the whole entire thing home. Um, she did, I think it was a tango or yeah, it was really fucking awesome. She wore she wore a dress that kind of give you like a reminiscent moment of her uh, red dress, her revenge dress at the reunion. Honestly, she is winning the game. She's winning the post breakup uh, drama. To be honest, she's she capitalized on everything that she's doing as she should because, um, I mean, that's part of the entertainment business. I mean, if you don't know how to capitalize in the moment, then you are, you know, just like, I don't know, you're not grabbing the bag and life is about grabbing the bag. I, 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 I really hope that she, that she wins this whole thing. I hope you guys are watching it. One thing that I won't be watching or listening, it's uh, Tom Sandoval's po podcast called Everybody Love Tom. He released like a little teaser, like a little trailer, and I'm like watching it, and he's so cringy that he's, he removed his t-shirt. I'm going to say one thing. Maybe I should start doing my podcast shirtless. Maybe I get more viewers and listeners that way because it seems like that's what gets people, people's attention. But... He released this uh, teaser for his podcast, and I'm watching and thinking, like, 
Like, I know that he wants to lean on his, like, villain era and, like, not giving a fuck and not caring. But, like, dude, it's not that simple. We are not going to forget that you are a little bit of a piece of shit. Um, I won't be listening. I mean, I don't, I don't know about you guys. I mean, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to listen to his shit. But I don't have time for garbage. And honestly, I, I don't care or want to know what Tom Sandoval has to say about anything. But if you do listen, let me know. <laughs> uh, another little clip that I, uh, moment in the Bravo sphere this week was the release of Jackie's new book. And um, for my understanding, Melissa Gorga was at the launching of the book and she only stayed for like 10 minutes. And that was supposed to be her friend for a very long time. On the other hand, we saw Jennifer Aiden, we, we saw Teresa with her daughters. They stayed the whole time. Jen Fessler too. And, you know, Witness said that they were talking about some kind of drama happening on the show. The three of them. So the alliance in the Garden State are shifting and I'm here for it. I'm going to buy the audiobook. I'm not going to buy the physical book because I honestly do not care for Jackie that much. But I'm going to give her some of my coins uh, with the audiobook because it's easy for me to sit down like on the train or whatever to listen to it. I only read books or buy the physical copy of book of people that I want to like have in my library or I care about. So I'm not doing that this time. I I've been watching Orange County for a very long time and honestly this finale was very interesting, you know. Um <laughs> Jackie should give you a copy though. Jackie, if you're listening, Mia Carla New York has a great idea. I think I deserve a copy. <laughs> um maybe I should reach out to her and her PR team. Maybe they will send me a book. <laughs> but Yes, Mia. I I I, th- I think uh, hopefully she can send me a copy because I really I'm really interested on you no know, read what this book is about. I want uh, I want to know what she had to say because beside of the whole you know beside of the drama on the show, beside of um, you know whoever side she's on, right? I don't care if she's Teresa or Margaret Joseph, friend or whatever. The point is that she does have a story to tell, um, especially with her, you know, eating disorder and her journey of recovery. I think that is important to highlight, right? Um, Many people go through this, you know, having... Uh, issue with their weight, with their body image, with the self-confidence, you know. So stories like this, I appreciate. I had said in the past, I don't care who the person is. The important part is that they have a message and that they can use their platform to do good, right? And I think Jackie had that platform and I hope she's utilizing it to this to the point where she can reach out to people with, you know, the same struggle so they don't feel alone because when you have any type of like, um, you know, 
I, I don't know how to explain it. Like any like struggle with yourself, either alcoholism, food, like eating disorder, uh, drug addiction. Sometimes you feel alone, right? Um, I can relate a little bit. I, I, I didn't have an eating disorder, but I always have like this like body dysmorphia in my head. So, uh, over the years, I have to learn how to like love my body and, and take a day at a time. That sometimes your body is going to flush you. Sometimes you're going to feel skinny. Sometimes you're going to feel uh, muscular. Sometimes you're going to feel like, you know, that you shouldn't be eating. So all the stuff goes through my head. So like I said before, I might not have the same journey as Jackie, but I appreciate when people share their experience that it's going to make a difference in other people's lives, right? Uh, so yes, I, I really hope that I get a copy, Jackie. I just gave you a, a big freaking shout out I, I i hope people get interested on her book after this um but hi erin hi mia carla thank you for joining i always see you guys here and it makes me so happy you guys join every single time uh let's jump on the recap for orange county because this season was a literal circus and the closer we got to the finale the more uh clownery happen uh one of the biggest clowns of this season i'm going to say is tamra judge and she was even dressed as a clown at the circus party i'm gonna tell you why i i liked tamra in the past and it has nothing to do with the fact that she started an argument with Teresa because i know a lot of people think that is that's the reason why i and very disappointed with her uh, this season is the fact that she was the one who started this vendetta against Heather Dubrow. That it was completely uncalled and completely unnecessary, right? Uh, she got Gina, she got Emily, she got Taylor, she got Shannon, and towards the end, she was even getting Jen, which I thought it was so fucking random. I don't know about you guys, but when I was watching the episode and I saw that Jennifer had stuff to say about Helen Dubro, they were like really simple. It was just like nonsense. I'm like, is everybody really going after Heather for simply being richer or having a different uh, demeanor than they have, right? Because let's be honest, Tenra has displayed uh, little to no class over the years. So I can understand how she wishes she had a little bit of Heather Dubrow's money and a little bit of Heather Dubrow's class. I can see that. I want that money. I want that class. I don't have neither either, you know? Uh, well, I do know how to behave in social events. I, my mother did a great job with raising me right. But I'm a little bit of a rebel myself, so... I'm more like the black sheep of the family, but when I'm in a social, you know, environment, I can speak to people. I don't need to yell. I don't need to cuss. I cuss to, with you guys because you guys are my friends. You listeners, I feel like you guys are my friends at this point. <laughs> so I'm, it's like talking to friends. So that's why I feel so com like comfortable with like cussing. But if you see me like in a gala or a convention or or you know whatever, a social event, you may see a little bit of a different side of me. Um, 
a side that I didn't need to see though was um Shannon's but douchers or whatever she was trying to sell. I don't need to see anyone sticking anything up their butt to clean their stomach and like clean their intestine. I don't need to hear it. I don't need to know it. That's so private and personal that I was disgusted. I was like, I want to, I wanted to fast forward it, but I guess just like, it was so weird to watch on TV. Like she put this like thin in her toilet and Jen sat on it. I'm like, and then they flushed it and you know that there was poop in the toilet. I I don't know about you guys, but there, there's some storylines that should have stayed in the draft and that's one of them. Like that scene altogether was so unnecessary that I, honestly, I was trying to to visualize something else as I'm watching it. Because it was that uncomfortable to watch. Um, one thing that I can definitely tell about Heather Dubro and, you know, her family is that they are very smart. And Heather was having a conversation with Terry Dubro about the trip to Mexico, you know, and uh, she was saying that everybody was ganging up on her, that she was like being like, uh, she said something like um, dog fuck for five days in Mexico. That's what she said. And they said that the reason why everybody was against her was because of Tamra, because Tamra is kind of like the popular cheerleader, right? And everybody wanted to be like on her side. So they saw this opportunity to, to to do that. And you can tell that. It's so obvious. When Heather sat down with um with Gina and she showed the uh Gina the uh the podcast with John Mellencamp's daughter where they both are laughing saying the oh those are the losers and whatever Gina was quick to make excuses with um to make excuses for 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 Tamara. She said like, "Oh, she probably was just um he didn't have any like ill intention." I'm like, "Yes, but even if you, there was no ill intention, you've been like upset at Heather." First off, because allegedly Heather called her a loser. But then when Tanra, when Heather showed her that Tanra was the one who did it, she went ahead and was so upset at Heather for not telling her earlier. And I'm like, she's literally telling you this is what she said. And still they made excuses for Tanra. Honestly, I don't understand the kind of like the reasoning behind it because Tanra was coming back to the show, right? And um, maybe I have a feeling that Gina, Emily, I mean, Shannon is always going to be on, on um, Tamra's side. And, you know, Tamra brought Taylor. So obviously there's some kind of friendship right there. But which was weird because Shannon and Heather were in good places, right? 
But Gina and Emily saw the opportunity to have Tanra's kind of like uh, approval, right? And it's interesting. I do believe that I think they thought that Tanra was going to be the MVP of this season because she was coming back and like a lot of people were excited that Tanra was being announced as a, as a full-time housewife and um, they probably said, you know what, the fans are going to align with Tanra no matter what she says. And it kind of went south because at the end of this season, I personally believe that the big MVP and the the one that took the trophy home as like the best member of the team was Heather. Heather literally went head to head with every single one of them. And she still managed to stay on top. That's what makes her a great housewife. Also, the fact that she doesn't need the brow check. She is filthy rich. She just sold a house for $55 million. That is a lot of fucking money. I mean, period. No matter what Heather, I mean, no matter what Tamra had to say, no matter what Gina had to say, I mean, Heather is always going to be the richer one on, on, on the cast. With that said, she doesn't need the money, right? I want to share this with everybody. Uh, Mia Carla says, Tamra is beautiful physically. She's a looker. Her personality and how she likes to make chaos is legend. But that's what she does. She shit stirs. Heather came out like a rose. She is effortless. I agree. And we we can all agree that Tamra is great at, at you know, steering the pot, right? The problem with this season is that it became too evident. When 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 you want to start drama and everybody around you is telling you, yeah, it's actually you and we know it's you, you are doing it wrong because you're supposed to be effortless. That's a great way to put it, you know? Effortless. Many housewives are great at producing moments. Many housewives are great at doing that. Some others, not so much, Elisa Rena. But um, uh, <laughs> uh, I do believe that there was a sense of giving Tenra that attention and giving her the side because they were expecting her to be the big comeback, right? And to be honest, it was quite underwhelming. I do agree that Tenra probably kind of was the catalyst of making everybody work for their paycheck because she was going pretty much talking about everybody, right? But at the same time, it was so obvious that it, it took away some of her effortless, once again, uh, talent of creating chaos, right? I, I still can't believe that we got to the finale and there was so many topics that I was expecting them to talk about during the, the party and they all 
focus just on Heather. For example, there was not real closure between Jen and, and Tamra. It was so kind of like quick to like brush it under the rug. Um, I'm hoping that at the reunion, it becomes more like a topic because Tamra spent the whole entire season going after Jen and Ryan. And I'm not saying that Ryan, Ryan is like a stand-up guy. I don't know the guy. He looks like a walking red flag, but he also seems like they both are in love with each other. So that at least is a plus, right? Um, I, there's my, they might be a little jealousy from Tamra because allegedly, um, allegedly Ryan was interested on her too. Do I believe it from the source, Tamra? I don't know. Um, but it can also explain why Tamra is so butthurt that he is with, uh, Jen, right? Um, maybe she should bring more to the table with Eddie because, um, Tamra's storyline was like non-existent. Once again, she was the catalyst for the drama, but that doesn't mean that she was somebody who brought like a good storyline, right? And for somebody who was away, she should have been able to bring different stories, right? Um, I can name one. She should have sat down with her very problematic son and have a conversation on camera so she shows that she's a true ally to different groups because her son has made very problematic comments about, you know, black people, gay people, transgender. And if Tamra was to be an ally, like she, pre- like she like, you know, pretends to be, she should have taken the opportunity to be like, you know what, what you're doing is wrong. Let's talk about it on camera because it needs to be talked about. But she was more concerned about Ryan than her own son. And even Bravo inviting him to like adopt party at the beginning of the season, I, I think it was so like classless. It was it was unnecessary. Because there was no accountability. And even Tamra was pushing the idea that he was a victim of the circumstances. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That we're not gonna play that card. That is not what it is. This guy is a grown ass man that has made a lot of weird, disgusting comments on social media. So let's talk about that. Instead of being talking about instead of talking about Jen's relationship. Right, I really hope Ryan treats her, Jen right because Jen seems to be the type of woman who, you know, just wants her happy ending. And people are going after her because she left her husband for Ryan and whatever. But I, I, sometimes that happens in life. Sometimes you're you married to somebody that you might love, but you're not in love with, right? And you know, and it works for some people. It works for some people, and that is okay. Um, because p- part of being in love or like being with somebody as your partner is basically being with your best friend, right? Um, but there's time where you run into other people that might make a bigger impact in your life, either, you know, 
any any kind of impact do you feel like you are more um you're kind of happier with that person right you're kind of happier with that person so that's what i see in jen i i see somebody who who really likes this man who hopes for the better so instead of always kicking her down tanra should have just at least just said you know what tanra should have just said like You are my friend. I'm concerned. Uh, just keep an eye on him. That's it. Instead, she made her entire personality this season. And it was quite embarrassing, to be honest. I was not very happy with it. Because it's, um, it's, it's forcing a storyline on everybody. It's using your friend that you brought on the show to have something to talk about. Because if Jen didn't join Orange County, I feel like Tanra would have had anything else besides talking about Heather. Because technically, that was what happened this season. At that party, there was a lot of drinking and Taylor was hammered. Hammered, like gone with the wind. Gone crazy. I, I I like a drunk Taylor. She was so drunk. She kept talking about her friends in the, in Beverly Hills. And the funniest part is and that she is saying that Heather is not as rich. Right? To fucking Gina, who probably has no money in the bank account. Gina probably still collecting tips at Chile. You know? So... I think it was funny how, um, you know, how Taylor's like, my friends who live in Beverly Hills this whole entire time are billionaires. Um, Heather is not that rich. $55 million. <laughs> my friends have $5 billion. And Gina's like, she just sold her house for $55 million. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Hi, Barbara. Hello. Thank you for joining. Thank you. I'm reading your message right now. And, and yes, a lot of stuff that you said are true. Uh, let me share this one. Barbara uh, says, Tamra is up to her. Let's take Heather down. Tamra is so jealous of her money and marriage. Yeah, I think so. Um, another Mia Carla about Tamra too. It's very strange how she never seems to have her kids around. She never ever showing them, let's go to therapy or anything like that. Let's make things better. It's always Tanra in other people's business. Agree. I completely agree. What another thing that Tanra is good at is lying. Uh, during this episode, first of all, she denied that she called the ladies a liar. And production kept showing the clip from the podcast because allegedly she was just mocking Heather Dubrow but it didn't seem that way uh, even John Mellencamp's daughter was like I don't know I don't think so you know um, but on the other hand Heather told Emily that Tamra was saying or telling people that she was not a real lawyer and Tamra denied that the funniest part is is a fellow podcaster and bravo content creator 
You probably know him. He's been on my on my show. Blonde hair, black heart. Who just become? He just became a father of twins recently. Gorgeous kids, by the way. But he had a connection with Tenra many years ago, and they will talk all the time. This happened in 2021. She sent him a message saying, and I'm going to read the whole message. She said, Tenra uh, sent a DM to blonde hair, black heart, uh, saying, between me and you, do you really think she's a pra- practicing lawyer? Question mark. So she was putting the word out there. Obviously, they had a fallout. And uh, Tenra was going after him really badly a couple of months ago. And he said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to expose this bitch. And um, he posted that on Twitter. I shared it on my Twitter too because I think it's good to share your uh, fellow content creators, uh, you know, post. And that post needed to be highlighted because Tenra keeps denying her own lies, right? And either either she's doing it for production you know, for the sake of producing a moment, knowing that it might come out later, because what does she get? What is the point of her DMing this podcaster content creator to talk about Emily and putting kind of doubt in people's mind about the fact that she might or might not be a real lawyer? So I don't know. It seems to me that she is good at lying. That's what she's good at. Um, the reunion is going to be interesting because, like I said before, there there is so much to talk about. That it wasn't talked during the final episode that needs to be, uh, you know, addressed. You know, the whole Gina versus Shannon and Shannon talking about her kids and the and the DUI or whatever. Which is really, I you know, ironic. It, I don't know if it's an irony. Maybe I'm just having an Alanis Morissette moment. But uh, and for those who don't get the the reference, Alanis Morissette has a song called "Ironic," where she names a couple of situations on the on the song many times, but none of them are an actual irony. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I I. I I'm expecting an explosive reunion. I'm expecting, you know, Heather to be uh, the one that everyone goes against. And it seems like she understood the assignment because uh, even from the way that she was dressed, if you look at the dress code, it seems like the ladies of Orange County went with kind of like a pastel and bright colors. Heather Dubrow showed up in a very sexy but classy black dress if you look at the photo she stands out more than the other ones because she was wearing black while the other ladies even though they're wearing like neon colors and and loud colors i still my eye goes straight to heather i love her look I don't understand Shannon, Shannon, the door, uh, Erica Jane's spiral look because honestly, I'm like, when I first saw the photo online, I was like, why did they put Erica Jane in the in the press release for 
the reunion looked. And then I looked closer, like, wait a minute, that's not Erica Jane, that's Shannon Bedore. <laughs> Shannon Bedore is uh, betting on blondes and singing expensive to be me in the bathroom because that was pure Erica Jane inspired. Uh, one of the looks that I'm not a fan of is Gina's. That looks looks so fucking cheap. It looks like a girl at any club in Jersey. Like any girl in Jersey looks way better than that dress that Gina is wearing. Honestly, like I don't know what she was thinking. I don't know what she was thinking. Uh, I actually kind of like uh, Tamra. She looks okay in her pink, kind of like Barbie look which is expected she's been wearing a lot of pink uh this season like not just at the show but um, when she went to watch what happened live and appearances and what's not she's uh rocking the pink and it seems like it worked for her i mean she looks good i'm not gonna deny the fact that at least she looks okay uh emily looks like she's going to work at, at, at the low offer I don't like it at all it looks very like like motherly kind of like 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 a mom going to like the PTA or something I don't know it doesn't seem like a, an elevated look or anything it seems like she's just like got a dress at the cell rack and just put it on nothing special in a clip that is out there, uh, Andy asked the ladies who would they like to bring to the OC from a different franchise. And to me, the best answer goes once again to Heather Dubrow. She would like to have Garcelle in the OC. Do I think Garcelle works in the OC? I, I love Garcelle in Beverly Hills. But I can definitely see an extremely good friendship between Heather and Garcelle. Uh, some of the answers were like, um, Tenra obviously wants Jumbo and Cam's daughter to join the, the show. She's been trying it for a very long time and I hope it never happens because it's more than enough with Kyle Richards trying to freaking, you know, like force that woman down our throats every time that she had the chance. Um... Who else? A uh, Shannon. I don't remember. I think she says Sonia Morgan. Yes. And Emily said Lisa Barlow. Great answer too, because Emily is uh she lived in Salt Lake City and she is Mormon, right? Or or practicing Mormonism. Or is that what it called? Yeah. <laughs> um then Andy asked the ladies what other franchise they see themselves in and Gina has the audacity to say New Jersey I'm like girl you are going to be dog walked by all the Jersey women you're gonna be taking a plane back to the OC after like five minutes of filming like she can barely she can barely um handle the shade and the conversations in the OC, which are extremely vanilla compared to New Jersey. Also, Tanra said New Jersey, and like, I'm, I mean, I'm sorry. I know Tanra has this idea that she's like tough 
and like quick with her tongue and stuff like that. But she is not Jersey sharp. She's not Jersey edgy. She's not Jersey uh, strong. No, like, uh, no. I'm telling you, when Jersey is activated, Tamra's J and whatever is nothing. It's just like kids play for the Jersey ladies. So good luck with that. Uh, another one who said uh, Salt Lake City was Jen. She said that she would like to go to Salt Lake City. Or, and Emily said Salt Lake City to Shannon said New York. The new New York, actually. Interesting choice for somebody who... Um, I don't know. I don't I don't think Shannon is New York material, but I guess that'll be fun. I'm excited for this reunion though. Um the clip that I have seen, they looks fun, but at the same time, the trailer though, it show a lot of like drama and definitely a lot of yelling. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know what's really funny too though? Um on Watch What Happened Live, um, Andy was talking to Heather and uh, I forgot her name right now. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, well, she asked Heather who uh, who she think has the kind of like the less pricey real estate, like who owns the the cheapest real estate. And nobody wanted to answer because that's such a mean question to ask. And and it's even meaner to answer it, right? And Andy not only asked the question, but he even answered the question himself by saying that uh, Gina is the one that probably has the cheapest real estate of the group because she has a casita. (laughs) When your own boss... Is making fun of you because you have a casita. You might want to move somewhere else. <laughs> like, honestly, you guys, it's so embarrassing. I like Gina, though. Like, I, this is, this is, this is what, this is what I'm going to say. There, there are some people who kind of get in my nerves in the show, right? Uh, some people that are just like, just, they just get in my nerves and I don't want to see them on this show. But then you meet them in person and you realize, you know what? They just sweet people who might be, you know, paired with stronger personalities. Gina doesn't have kind of like that strong personality. I, I think her voice is also uh, very soft compared to the other ladies so when i met her in person at BravoCon last year she was the sweetest person and it kind of makes me feel weird talking about her in this kind of like negative light but at the same time that's what you go on a show for you're gonna have to deal with the negativity and and i mean am i gonna see her at BravoCon again most likely am i gonna tell her that i'm talking shit about her no (laughs) <laughs> but I, I mean she's a, she's a she's a sweet woman i just don't like her on the show i i think her expiration date happened many seasons ago and now it's just becoming like uh milk 
when the milk is left outside and then it's expired. So it's like double disgusting. That's how I feel like her time in the show is. Uh, she hasn't brought anything to the show. Uh, she will be a great friend of. She can be Emily's friend of next season and bring somebody else with a bigger uh, story or like more money. Because that's another thing. I think we are forgetting the housewives was created to showcase the life of wealthy women and showcase showcase rich people problems, right? Um, she she's not in that level. It's like Monica in Salt Lake City. Like I like Monica in some levels, not all levels. I. I'm not going to side with her when she's going against Lisa Barlow because I love Lisa Barlow since day one. I appreciate Monica because Monica comes from a Colombian family. So in some level, I feel represented. Like I want to see more, you know, people from Spanish speaking backgrounds, right? Um, but I don't like some of the conversations that were done in on the last episode especially because i understand what is uh that she's trying to say hey i'm coming from a uh, a different uh upbringing that i've been poor or something but i mean it's becoming like okay so why do you join a a, a show where it's about wealthy out-of-touch people. I mean, I don't get it, right? Uh, I, I do think that she is doing a great job at being a reality TV star, like a reality TV personality. She is giving you confessionals. She's giving you shade. She has the quickness to answer. I do believe that she has a lot of skeletons in the closet, and I think she is going to expose them herself. Which is interesting. I mean, she's not trying to hide anything. I do believe, though, that she's trying to distance herself from her association with Jensha because she's putting herself as like at the beginning was like I'm the I was the assistant, and then she was like I was the person that Jensha told to like invest on the business. And she walked away. Somehow she's involved with the FBI investigation. So I do believe that Monica is more involved with Jen Shah than what she leads everybody to believe. Right? I do think that Jen Shah was paying her. I do not believe that she was just a assistant working for free. Like that doesn't make any sense at all. It doesn't matter if you are friends with her. I mean... You get paid for doing work. You're too old to be an intern. <laughs> like for real. Like you're not Jen Shah's intern. Intern. You are an assistant. You are getting paid. So I do not understand why she keeps denying it. My, which raises the question. Is she denying it because she is afraid to be somehow connected to the money problems that Jen Shah was involved that got her in, you know, sent to the to the big house, right? That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking maybe she doesn't want to be too exposed 
as somebody who received a form of payment from Jen Shah knowing where that money came from, you know, which makes sense, to be honest, makes a lot of sense. But if you are excited for uh, for Orange County reunion, let me know. I want to know your takes. I want to know what you think. And the best way for you to do that is to, you know, go to my Twitter account and leave messages. Or you can simply, you know, comment on this video and podcast. Let's go to a quick Broward news. <laughs> uh, the Real Housewives of Potomac just released their trailer and their cast photos. And honestly, the ladies are looking better than ever. Even freaking Robin and, and uh, Giselle. I think Giselle got some fashion tip from Portia because since she went to that Ultimus Girls trip, she seems to be dressing a little better. And I'm very pleased because I love a um, somebody who can evolve with the show. All of them. Even the newbie uh, Neka, who is... Uh, I don't know how... I think that's her name, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she uh she looks amazing. I don't know who she is, but she is rich based on what we saw on the trailer. I do believe that eight housewife might be a little too much. When there is when there's too many housewife, it kind of makes me a little concerned because it makes me feel like they need more people to add to the story so they get another person. Right? Um, we saw that happening in Beverly Hills. It was so unnecessary to have all those people. You know, they, should have, they, should, they never should have brought Diana Jenkins to the show because that was a waste of diamond. So I don't want that to happen in Potomac, but they are activated. The trailer was very interesting. Yes, Mia Carla, um, she is dating uh, Jason Cameron from Winterhouse in, during the season. I don't know if they're still dating. But, I mean, they look good. And, I mean, he is a very handsome man. Like, I met him uh, last year at a private party that another podcaster, Jenny Blaze from uh, Broadway and Blaze, had. And he was there for, like, a half an hour or so. He stopped by, say hello. He was very nice, very good-looking guy. And um, I can see why Giselle was all, like, you know, going for the younger guy. <laughs> Hey, I have no problem, zero, no judgment for people who date younger. Just don't date underage. That is weird. That is disgusting. If you are in your 20s, I don't care if you're 21 and your date has a one in, like, in front of them, you need to like, I don't know. You know, think about your choices. But I do, I do agree that if you want to date younger, hey, you know, go for it. I'm pretty sure uh, the bed rocks. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jason is rocking that bed for Giselle. Miss Giselle. Um one of my favorite looks for sure is the Grand Dame. The Grand Dame is always delivering fashion and moments and shade. And that picture where she's standing in a power pose with her uh, 
bodysuit with like feathers in her like um wrist area i'm here for it i'm here for that look i'm happy to see the ladies delivering but i'm gonna say this my favorite favorite look is candace candace is giving you body candace is giving you regal candy is giving you pop star i love the choices for her uh styling for what she's wearing uh the hair everything is working for miss candace and i'm here for it on the trailer we see that she is going head to head with ashley uh that's when we find out that uh that little ugly ass man what's it called michael darby it's suing candace for comments made on the show about him sucking dick <laughs> the dickity day uh, and candace is saying that you know what the lady inside is still married to the guy who's suing her meaning ashley so their friendship is never gonna recover. I think they're never gonna be friends. I think they, they're gonna have this like, they're gonna be okay for a couple of months and then they're gonna have a really bad fallout. That's gonna be the story of Candace and, and Ashley, to be honest. Um, also today, as we, as I was getting ready for, for the show, I saw that Mia was filing for divorce or just going forward with a divorce. And, um, I'm not shocked. On the trailer, we saw that she was having issues with Gordon, right? And he looks shocked. I'm not. I have a feeling that because the money ran out and the money is gone, she said, like, I'm gone too. Uh, on the People's Magazine exclusive article, said the Real Housewives of Potomac star Mia Thornton separates from husband Gordon uh, Thornton, and she said, family is my number one priority. Uh, she also said that like all marriages, ours has had its ups and downs, says the Real Housewives star. At this time, Gordon and I are separated, but my family is my number one priority, and I'm committed to doing whatever it takes to make sure we are okay. We ask that you respect our privacy and give us the time and space to figure out things. I just find it very interesting, the timing of all this stuff, because that article came out today, and and the trailer came out yesterday that is, you know, uh, getting everybody ready for the premiere of the show on November 5th. So I just find it very timely, interesting. <laughs> they said, like, let's promote this because we need the viewership. And I think a big part of her storyline on the show this season is going to be the downfall of her marriage, obviously. Like pretty much every other housewife has done in the past. <laughs> Uh, I just don't get it. I don't get it. It's so obvious sometimes the the marriage it's uh a a contract, it's a business and you know, sometimes business expire and it's time to go. It's time to go and pack it up. Pack it up. Um 
I'm excited for, for Potomac. I love Potomac. I do believe that over time, this franchise has become one of Bravo's crown jewels. I mean, Atlanta did awfully bad last season, but Atlanta was one of those crown jewels that you were watch and love and laugh and cry with. Um, I feel like Potomac is just... It's been great from the beginning. So I'm going to be looking very closely what this newbie brings to the table. Because like I said before, my biggest concern when they open the cast to a bigger number is that maybe, just maybe, somebody in the cast is not really working. So they need like an extra body to like bring more airtime to like cover the spaces, you know. That's how I feel sometimes watching Southern Charm, which we're going to be talking about right now. I love Southern Charm. That's one of my favorite shows on Bravo. It's so crazy, unhinged. Uh, it's just like watching a frat house every week. And to me, it's like a train wreck that I can look away. I love the ladies of Charleston. I love Leva the most. I love Leva to death. She's my girl. I love Taylor. I know she's going to have a rough season and, and it started to look already rough because in this episode, we saw that conversation between Olivia and Taylor at the end of the episode where Olivia actually, you know, faced um, Taylor and she asked the question, what happened between you and Austin? Question that was pretty much brought up to the table by JT, a newbie on the show, who happens to have diabetes but loves to drink. I'm like, dude, you need to beat diabetes first. You got to focus on your health instead of living a life of a 20-year-old frat boy. I'm like, ah, I don't understand that with these Charleston guys. I... I I appreciate what they bring to the table. I'm not saying that the um, that they're bad people. No, they're actually probably great people. I have met a couple of the guys from from the show, and they are okay guys. But this image of like living your life like a like a teenager when you are in your forties is I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I like somebody that goes out and drink. I like somebody who who um who have a good time. Who like I I I'm a, I'm a four year old man. I'm talking about Bravo. I'm not I'm not the one judging people like acting like younger than they than they really are because you know age is a number. It's not a a mentality thin. It's okay to feel young by doing things, but there is a behavior that is different from doing stuff like going out and drink. There's it's whole it's a whole different ball game when you still have this frat boy mentality. Uh Mia Carla just share is the Peter Pan syndrome. Come from money, parents enable them to have fun but never stop. I agree. I mean, you can still have fun. I love Kyle from Summer House for that reason. 
he seems to be a guy who even though he's 41, he still has time to have fun. But we had seen different layers of Kyle. Kyle has, you know, he got married. He looks mature around Amanda. They have a business together. They have a lot of stuff going on, you know, besides just drinking every weekend or every day of the week, for that matter. <laughs> or just think, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date every single girl in South Carolina. And when I'm done there, I'm going to go to a different state or a different country because I need that quick satisfaction. That is when I start, when I start to question their behavior, right? That they all have. They all have it. And the funniest part is, it's like, like, uh, Madison said, is the boys club of like South Carolina is the boys club mentality where they will always have each other and they will always cover each other's back no matter what. Because even though currently, you know, uh, Austin and Shep are going to start having issues. You can tell that those boys, after like a week of being mad at each other, they're going to be fine. While they leave the girls to be mad at each other and destroy their friendship for their whole entire life. I mean, maybe it's the way the these guys think that women are too emotional. I'm like, no, some people are hurt by people's actions. And it's not easy to move on. And that's where I feel like the ladies of Charleston are going to be, you know, the rock for Taylor and Olivia. I'm a hundred percent sure it's going to be a rocky season because it's going to be hard to support both of them when the whole shit explodes on their faces. My question is, do you believe that Austin and, and Taylor hooked up or you believe what she said to Olivia, she said, like, it was just, like, an emotional thing, I, 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 I'm starting to believe that some Browlabs use the same way to explain stuff, to kind of, like, hide what they're trying to say, remember when, when, um, Lisa Hushstein, uh, husband the the plastic surgeon whatever his name is the little the uh the little loser that left her um he used to say that what he was like dming girls to or like the the assistant was just an emotional uh relationship or something like that um yeah that's that's what taylor said like it was just like a 24-hour emotional roller coaster, but we didn't hug top nor kissed. Do you guys believe that Taylor didn't hook up or kissed Austin? I want to know. So please make sure to comment on uh, this topic on any of my any of my um, social media platforms. One thing that I truly love about the South is their hospitality. And when Vanita throws a party, it's always very charming. I love a theme dinner. Like when you dressed up in either colors or, or a theme and you have the whole thing set up, 
And she had this like Alice in Wonderland kind of inspired backyard little tea party or whatever with champagne and and uh, and the thing of the things. I, I loved it. And Vanita has an amazing sense of style that she knows how to dress. She knows how to host. She is very, very mindful of details. And I love that about her. Same thing with Leva. Leva knows how to dress. Leva knows how to, you know, present herself. She runs businesses. She is rich. She is uh, very nice. I mean, I sometimes I see people saying like, oh, Leva seems like she's like, think this is better than everybody else. I'm like, if you only knew her, if you only truly know that woman, she is so, so sweet. Um... I'm just looking forward to see how this drama between Olivia and and Taylor evolves on this show because I'm I'm starting to question who is telling the truth. You know? I, I'm starting to question if Austin is leading the man to believe that something happens so he can have like you know, like the guy, this is another thing. Guys think that the more women they score, you know, um, it's like a good thing, you know, even if they didn't do that. How many times we have heard about guys saying that they hooked up with a girl just to like show off with the other guys and it never happened, right? So, my, I wonder if Austin is making it seem like he did hook up with Taylor and it never happened. He probably knows that Taylor had like a little emotional thing and maybe they they talked about it and moved on and he was like, okay, it's done. Maybe he's going to use that as, how can I explain it? Uh, that he's going to like embellish the story, right? And he's going to throw Taylor under the bus, damaging her friendship with Olivia and knowing that Shep at one point, I'm like, you know what, whatever, you're still my friend, you know? And... He's going to have a story for the show. Because we got to remember, a lot of stuff had changed since Scandal in the way some Broward shows uh, decide what storyline to focus on, right? Uh, since Scandal, it seems like every show has like either a friend sleeping with, uh, with somebody's friend's uh, partner or like a divorce, like a nasty divorce or, uh, you know some kind of like violence or whatever. And since then, I think Bravo decided to create a new laws too that I spoke to in the previous episode when I talk about uh, Danielle's and Jen's Aiden's altercation in New Jersey, which by the way, I'm kind of like annoyed that Danielle is still filming. I'm annoyed. I'm just happy that Jennifer is back too. Like they, they didn't get fired or anything. They just, um, they just, you know, were kind of like warned that if anything happened again, it's probably a problem. That's what people are saying online. So um, I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to move forward because I don't see reality TV like evolving that way. Like I, I'm not saying that they have to have like physical argument because honestly, I'm against it. I've been very vocal about it. Physical violence is different than just being angry and like flip a table. 
the intention is different, right? So I'm curious to see how Bravo does it. I'm also curious about Bethany's and Nini's conversation on on, uh, on Bethany's podcast. I have not heard it yet. Once again, I'm not. I I I was a huge fan of, of Bethany. I never heard her podcast much. I kind of listened to a couple of episodes, but I like her so much. And and then she changed into this person that is so annoying. And I think everything started when she became kind of like TikTok. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't think she's a TikTok influencer because I don't think she had even that like reach. But in her mind, she's like a TikTok influencer or, um, yeah, uh, that TikTok era, I think that's what kind of ruined her. And now she's bringing the same energy on her podcast. Uh, when she did that Rachel interview, I listened to it and I was like, eh, this is nothing and kind of lost my interest. Uh, now she has one with Nini. I do want to listen to this because I want to know what Nini has to say. So I'm going to listen to it and post clips on my Twitter. And I will talk about this on my next episode when I finish both uh, Bethany's um, and Nini's podcast episodes. So uh, before I go, I want to talk about New York. New York is having an amazing season. Please watch it because the reunion is coming very soon. Uh, and Andy's very happy with it. He can't stop talking. He can't stop talking about it. Uh, so that means that Bravo is very pleased with the ladies and how the show went. I mean, it's really hard for people to like like it from the beginning. A lot of people are still thinking that if they don't watch the show, they are going to magically bring the old cast. That's not going to happen. That ship, uh, that ship has sailed. Like no, like move on. The same way that Bravo is moving on, viewer has to move on from this. And I want to talk about the looks because not that many people understand them. I love every single one of these looks. Yes, I do love it. Because it represents the cast. It represents the women. It represents New York. A lot of people are complaining about Jenna Lyons wearing jeans, like denims. And um, I think she looks fabulous. I think she looks so chic. I think she is representing herself. If she showed up in a ball gown, she, she, it would be weird. Not everyone wants to be Erica Jane. Not every single person uh, needs a ball gown to look fashionable. That's the problem. We had this idea that if they don't, if they're not wearing like a whole pageant three uh, dress with a heart shaped corset and a mermaid length dress thin in the bottom it's not a, a it's not a reunion worthy dress i see this group of lady understanding the assignment you want to represent the city that you are in right this is their first reunion so they are representing themselves as new yorkers and i like it you know sai is giving you everything she's giving you body she's giving you gold shimmery dress she's giving you 
uh, pulled back hair. You can see her face. You can see her makeup. You can see her uh, uh, accessories. She is, I mean, if you are going to, if I'm going to pick my best dress as uh, Jenna Lyon, period. That's my favorite one. Uh, but if we are going to talk about as like fashion, like maybe Sai takes that crown because Sai is giving you everything. It's giving you a moment. It's giving you fashion. And I really like it because even though she's not very light by the viewers, I like her. I, I, I like I said before, I am enjoying this season because I can connect with every single one of these ladies and they all bring different things to the table that makes the, the show fun to watch. Even in the dramatic moments, there's always something funny to watch that comes from them. And Sai didn't get, I think the people didn't get her much, but her fashion sense, her fashion sense, it's... um. I mean, impeccable. She is definitely a fashion girl without the brand all over her clothing. Dorit, not, I mean, having logos all over your body. I mean, some logo items are cute. Don't get me wrong. I love a Fendi bag. I love a, a Louis Vuitton uh, duffel bag that I have. And they obviously branded. Uh, but I don't wear head to toe branded clothing like Dorit thinking that there's a fashion moment and that is very outdated Sai on the other hand she's giving you fashion girl even on the show if you look at her the way that she dresses you don't I mean you can tell that they are designer clothing but you don't know what designer is unless you know about fashion because it's not branded all over the, the clothes you know I also think it's a, a very New York City thing to do. Like m many people in New York City dress designer, but you don't know that because it's not like a head to toe onesie with the Fendi logo on it, right? Um, Uva is giving you supermodel. She looks great. Uh, Bre Somebody said that she looks like a Supreme Court person. <laughs> Somebody says she looks like a Supreme Court judge, and I cannot stop laughing. I like it. I, Brynn is a homage to the 80s, and Brand called June Sachs. I hope I said it that right. This is Mia Carla saying, she sent a message and saying, uh, Brynn is a homage to the 80s, and Brand called Gun Sachs. I hope I said it right. That's what, that was designed by Jessica McClintock. Well, Mia delivering the fashion knowledge here, dropping knowledge, you guys. So, so if you guys want to know more about this, look, Jessica McClintock. Or, yeah, that's what it is, right? I think, yeah. Um, I'm really bad with names, you guys. <laughs> But thank you, Mia, for sharing that information. Somebody said the brain looks like a Supreme Court judge, and I cannot stop laughing. But she looks so cute. I like her dress. It's uh, it's flirty. It's it's so brand. You know, with like she's kind of like cover head to toe, but then her breasts are like in your face and the leg is out. I like it. 
Then we had Sai giving you Cleopatra, Cleopatra, Cleopatra from Egypt with gold, shimmery, um, what it seems to me like a drape dress, right? It's in a shimmery gold. She loves her gold. I seen her wearing a lot of gold in her confessionals, a lot of gold like in her daily posts on Instagram. So she seems to like gold and I'm here for it because I like gold too. I like the mix of like gold and black. And I also like to mix metals like a lot. Like I, I mix like gold and silver and like I can wear like different like metals and then I put like a leather jacket on and it looks so really cool. And that's how I feel like about Jessel with this look. She really loves the color gold. I love it. Erin, it's given Erin. <laughs> Honestly, when I saw her dress, I was like, this is simple. This is classic. This is classy. This is elegant. It's Erin. Erin, it's a uh, New York City girl, you know, through and through. That's that's the most New York City thing. Like it's like simple but classic and still flirty and I don't know. I, I like it. I'm into it. I definitely like these dresses. And a lot of people are complaining about the fact that they are not over the top or they're not color coordinated or something. And we gotta remember this is their first reunion. So I do believe that they are representing themselves as New Yorkers on the show. So if, I mean, it, people who get it, get it. You know, I know it's hard to explain for, you know, if you don't get it, you don't get it. Uh, but if you, wa if you watch this show or if you live in New York City and you see these ladies, you, you go like, yeah, I, I can see these ladies here. It's, it's very, you know, New York vibe, very urban, very metropolitan, you know, um, the opposite with Orange County. Orange County, it's like Barbie colors and neons and the sun and the beach and, and blonde and I don't know, you know, all the things of the things with Orange County, like a lot of like, you know, Botox and, and, overly tan with the spray tans like that is a very oc so i i appreciate those who understand what i'm saying <laughs> so that's my take on the on the on the looks i cannot wait to see the trailer because i want to see what these ladies are fighting over because to be honest i have no idea <laughs> Honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen. There's plenty of drama. There is plenty of uh, uh, topics that they can, you know, use as their um, point of conversation. We have the sunglasses. We have the caviar. We have the, the catch, the catch uh, um, reservation that never happened or they left and they went to Catholic de Cipriani. Honestly, I hope that Bravo doesn't make any changes for next season. Maybe bring a friend up for them, you know. Um, but I really want this cast to have the opportunity to grow 
and cement themselves as housewives because it's their first season. It's the first time being on reality TV. Um, at the beginning, it's always awkward having all these cameras around you. Uh, you don't get... It, it doesn't look as natural, you know, as some people who are more seasoned in front of the camera. So I really hope Bravo doesn't make any changes after um, the reunion and we get all the ladies back next season. I'm going to see them at BravoCon, which remind me, you guys, it's about a month and a few days away. A month and a week, I believe. And I cannot wait. I have planned my entire year around BravoCon. So you best believe that I'm going to bring you everything, everything from BravoCon. I'm so excited. I'm going to share a little secret with you guys, and I will share more in depth on the next episode. I'm going to get fillers and Botox for the first time in my life, a 40-year-old, a 40-year-old for BravoCon. Because I want to look snatched. I want to look great. And do I need it? Eh, I don't think I truly need it. Like I, my forehead, I mean, if you're watching the video, you can see my forehead still move. But I'm 40 and I want to have a little, my jawline back, you know, like when I was in my 20s, my my jawline was a little sharper than now, so I'm going to try some fillers, and you guys have no idea where I'm going to get them. I'm going to re- I'm gonna reveal that next, in the next episode, but I'm pretty sure you know that name pretty well. If you've been watching Housewives and you have been paying attention where I live, you will know where I'm going to get my fillers for the very first time. And I will give you the the whole experience in the next episode. (laughs) I hope I don't faint because I hate needles. (laughs) Hate them. Even though I have tattoos all over my body, uh, I love a tattoo. And a tattoo needle makes me excited. A needle for medical reasons, like to draw blood or, or the IVs or... You know, this time, you know, fillers and Botox. That's why I, I never had done it because I'm more afraid for the needle than the actual result of the injectable on my face. <laughs> so I hope you guys keep me in your prayers. Like, send me good energy. Like, please, Eddie, don't faint so you can tell us how was it. <laughs> and I will tell you where I went to get them. But I'm pretty sure, like I said before, you probably know by now, if you have been paying attention. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for uh, joining me tonight. Uh, Next episode will be on Friday. No, online. No, next week. We'll be talking about um, Salt Lake City and New York. Then uh, we will be talking about two... Orange County reunion and Stolen Charm and every other Bravo news in the following episode. I'm trying to keep it two episodes a week because, you know, I'm still trying to get used to my new New York City life and being busy and whatever. So, but uh, don't worry, I have not forgotten 
all the the people that I'm inviting to the show, I just have to make sure the the schedules match because now I have a more restricted one. So, but I'm happy about it. Okay, guys, uh, thank you for coming tonight. Thank you for always uh, staying with me, uh, Mia, Carla. Uh, Aaron, thank you for joining. Thank you, Barbara. I see you guys. I love you. Thank you for joining. And if you want to support me, like I always say, the best way to do it is by simply subscribing to my podcast in whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Also, make sure that you click the follow button on Instagram and Twitter. That's where you find my like very daily posts. I post a lot on those social medias. Also, You can go and follow me on YouTube. I'll be posting a lot of exclusive content on YouTube. And please, don't forget, if you follow me here on whatever podcast you are listening to this right now, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to, I'm sorry, make sure to leave a rate for my podcast just because that's the best way to support me, to make sure that this podcast thrives in this sea of content creators, right? Is by simply leaving a rate on whatever you're listening right now. Guys, I will see you next time. And I want you guys to say it with me. One, two, three. Bye, besties.